Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. In today's episode, we're going to explore the topic of how to get on the right side of the rapture. And leading this study today is the senior minister at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you tell us about this episode, and what can you teach us today? Well, hopefully I can teach something. Thank you for <laughs> letting me come back on and and thank you to well, our there listeners. have been complaints. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Calls for your removal. <laughs> well, now, I ain't going nowhere. The about second that. you start attacking culture and stuff, people are like, you got to yes, cancel this guy. That's exactly But, you right. know, I've run it all through legal and we're good. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And our sponsor's still sponsor, with us, right? We still have a few. The concordance, yeah, yeah they're, they're on board, so. <laughs> oh, very good. That's well, good Well, and, you know, we'll never lose our main sponsor. The, the Holy, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Well, very good. So uh, I think I shared in a recent podcast what I've been doing lately ministry-wise. I've been going back in old sermons and uh, old things that I've taught and uh, just kind of refurbishing it, not necessarily trying to deliver uh, re-microwaved hash, as it were, Uh, but I want to go back and and just get some inspiration and what I was thinking at that time. It's kind of been a personal thing for me. Um, cause I'm very sentimental. And so I'm going back through that, giving me context. Where was I at? What was going on <laughs> in the church? And, you know, and I found some gems that I thought, man, you know, not every Sunday that I get to preach $10 sermons. Yeah. You know, there's some that are not worth a plug nickel and I go, oh God, I got in the way. God, sorry. <laughs> But then there are some that I go, hey, that's a good one. Yeah, that was all right. So instead of preaching them, I wanted to kind of bring it to the podcast, and I wanted to share with our listeners uh, a ministry nugget or thought or a sermonized thought to where we can get that, and uh, really, hopefully, you enjoy it. So today, I want to talk about how to get on the right side of the rapture. Super interested in where this is going to go. Right. Well, I hope that it uh, it meets your interest. Yeah. Um, let's be clear before anybody calls us up and reaches out and says, "Just so you know, rapture is not in the Bible." That we know the we know the word the is Bible. not in the Bible. So feel free to say "catching away" or whatever, but you understand what we're talking about. There's a How, concept here. There's a concept of. The catching away of the church in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yes, amen. So how to get on the right side of the rapture? Let me give you some, some scriptural text. It's found in Revelation chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. Now, to set the table, it's talking about the end time and the... Uh, well, how about this? Let's just read it. You'll okay. just You'll understand better. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, again, for any prophecy experts out there, you would probably say, oh, yes, he's talking about uh, the 
last the one world government mm-hmm. and the one world church. And you would be correct. That is exactly what he's talking about. Um, the writer, John, the revelator. So um, he, in verse 4, goes on, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her... I wondered with great admiration. Now that word admiration is King James for wonder. It didn't mean he admired. It means that he was just awed by its influence. Now, that's not the only text. Go down to verse 14 of chapter 17 of the book of Revelations. It described the end time, what we just read. But verse 14 will describe those that will be efforting against this one world government and this one world church. The Bible says, These shall make war with the Lamb. The Lamb meaning the forces of heaven. And the Lamb, the forces of heaven, shall overcome them. Mm -hmm. And I love this. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. Woo, I get a little chilly on that one. I feel mm-hmm. a little goose, Holy Ghost goosebump. Now I want you to see this. And they that are with him are called, are chosen, and faithful. So I want to be very clear today that if you are going to be on the right side of the rapture, let's just go ahead and just flop it out there, that you need to be a part of the army of the Lamb. The good guys, as it were. Right. And if you're going to be, you're going to be one and all of these three things. You're going to be called, you're going to be chosen, and you're going to be faithful. Now, before I get into the meat of that, let me just, let's let's talk, Steve. So in Revelation 17, the writer John was describing the rapture happenings during the end times. He described the persecution and the deception of the great harlot that sits on the beast, again, clearly, and alluded, alluding to the one world government and the one world I mean, this religion. is all metaphor. I mean... It's typology. It, yeah, it's difficult for yeah. me to follow because it's more abstract than some of the other writings in the Bible. So go slow, explain it like I'm five. <laughs> Certainly. Certainly. I will do my best on that. Yeah, for sure. So... um He's talking about the the great whore being the one world religion and the one world government and describes in detail the elements of the end time and what is occurring. Uh, you can see, again, they'll be drinking the blood of the saints and the martyrs. There's, it's going to be troublesome in the end times. I, I just don't understand these people that don't believe that church is not going to endure. We're not talking about pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib kind of thing. I do believe there's Bible context. I'm not even going to get into that, by the way. Yeah, that's a separate podcast. That is. But we need to understand that, you know, we need to, if we're saved, we need to know what we're saved from. Yes. And so in the midst of what the writer was writing about the end times, there is a solitary verse in the midst of the whole chapter. That's at verse 14 that describes the attributes 
to those that are going to oppose this one world government and this one world religion. Those that are going to oppose evil, the profane, that are diametrically opposed to the malevolence and the iniquity in the earth. And you know who it's going to be? It's going to be the church. Yes. Let me just tell the listener right now that everything that we're seeing behind the scenes and open, this is not against just anybody. This war that is happening is against the church, whether it's directly pointing at it. It's meant to to take out the base of, of who we are as Christians. So there is a war in the spirit that's going on today. Uh, but Jesus is going to come back. We're in a physical and a spiritual batter, battle. And when we read this chapter, it seems that the picture's set. One side is seemingly unstoppable. Uh, it's a wave of sin and destruction and wickedness. It's the forces of hell. And on the other side, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, according to John 1, 29. But the power of the verse 14 really strikes home to me on what is going to describe those that will oppose the evil. And it's because of this, there will be those that will be with Jesus, the Lamb, that will be coming in the final war, in the second coming. And the description is all we need to notice about who it is that's going to be with him. Mm -hmm. Because that would be a question. Who is it that's going to be in the army? Well, that verse describes it. It is the description of the apostolic church. They'll be called, they'll be chosen, they will be faithful. And it is here. It's in this narrative that we can finally say, uh, decide and say that we need to get on the right side of the rapture by following the word of God mm-hmm. and being called, chosen, and faithful. Again, it's the description of the church. So, how do you get on the right side? Well, here's what you do. First off, you get in the Word of God, and you find yourself chasing after what Acts chapter 2 discusses in verse 38 about repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I submit to you that the three characteristics mentioned are the only three characteristics worth mentioning that's going to describe the church. So those that are on the right side of the rapture are going to be those three. So I wanna, I'd like to go into it if we sure. uh, just describe these three attributes yeah, let's do that it. we need to be pursuing after. So number one, the Bible says in verse 14 that they are the called. Called, that's a Greek word which means klatos, K-L-A-Y-T-O-S, and that means invited or appointed. When we make our decision and we seek after the Holy Ghost and what I just described, we're responding to the open invitation of whosoever will, yep. let him come. Let him come. If you don't have the Holy Ghost or you're not on, and you're not seeking after it, there is no way that you're going to be on the right side of the rapture. Amen to that. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to understand that you have been invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You are appointed. It is not... God's desire for any human being, I don't care who you are and how bad you are, to go to hell. You are invited. You, you, not your neighbor, not the person that just drove by you on the interstate, not the person that's working next to you, them too, but you, 
You are invited. You are called. So I'll tell you because I want to just say that I love you. And if you're not pursuing Jesus Christ, your life is wasted. And I would submit you are not called. Yep, that's right. But you can do something about it today. You're missing it right now. Right now. If you sit in a place of worship and they're not preaching to you, Acts chapter 2, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you are missing it right now. The greatest thing that you can have is the Holy Ghost. That's true. And the messages. How about those of you that are in an apostolic church and you're not pursuing God and you're good to have the worship and the word wash over you and to you not changing, you're missing it. If you have the Holy Ghost, you understand that feeling of being called out, invited out to something more. Set apart. Set apart. You're appointed out. and you're, It's the call of God. Yes. And we're not talking about some half-baked, and I, I guess I'm on my sermon uh, uh, box right now. We're not talking about half-baked, half-religion, Christianity, that does nothing and it changes nothing. We're not talking about Charlie Brown religion. We don't want to play church. Not play church. It's too important. That kind of religion is likened to nothing more than a salad full of MSG. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing there, and all it does is takes you to the restroom. Uh, now we're going to lose another sponsor. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Salad. You, you sorry, were, yeah. You were Big a good Salad's one. coming for us. <laughs> sorry, Dole. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to admit it. This no, is important stuff. No, but it's good. It's yeah. good to have a little levity. It's okay. <laughs> um, You know, and I don't want to be descriptive here to, to you know, the problem is, is that we love to hear good preaching, but we never respond to good preaching. We right. let it go one ear and out the other, right? There's no keeping to it. That's what MSG does. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. But I digress. You, you, you got to, you know, you want something that's going to give you lasting effect. Yeah, because you need something that's going to carry you through Monday, Tuesday. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about, right? Something that right. sustains and and pulls you through. Right. Uh, Martin Luther. Uh, a noted theologian in uh, the 1600s, he's German, mm -hmm. he said this, I love this quote, a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, suffers nothing, is also worth nothing. There you go. And I like to say it this way, religion that expects nothing and it changes nothing, hello, it's worth nothing. Yep. So in this last of the last days, I, I believe that, there is a calling for a deeper relationship like never before with Jesus Christ. And, I, and I've said this, Bible is intentional, it's writing, it's clear, it's specific, that if you're not responding, responding to the call of the Spirit, there is no way you can be called, and eventually you can't go into the other two chosen yep. and being faithful. It starts with the calling. you got to respond. If there's no calling, you don't, you don't respond to the invitation of salvation, you'll never get to the other two. Yep, that's true. All right, got to keep moving. Uh, the second thing is that they are the chosen. Chosen is eklektos, E-K-L-E-K-T-O-S. That's Greek. It means selected or elected by implication of being the favorite. Yeah. The Bible tells us in Matthew 22, 13 through 14, Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, 
take him away and cast him into outer darkness. But there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I want you to see this, Steve. For many are called, but few are chosen. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, and that's one of those terrifying verses. Yes. <laughs> so even you can do the first step of being called. If you're not in a place, you can be called. You can be half full of truth and half full of spirit, and it's akin to having none at all. Mm. So you can be, for many are called, the invitations for everyone, whosoever, whoever, whoever will, let him come, but few are chosen. Many continue. Another translation says this about Matthew 22 and 14. It says, therefore, many are invited, but few of those choose to stay. Mm. That's powerful. That is powerful. Stay where, we ask? Well, I submit to you it's the place where we first encountered the unadulterated will, voice, power of God in our life. It bothers me, Steve. It saddens me, in fact, that our Lord Jesus, when humanity once had had a life-changing encounter, and because it doesn't appeal to their schedules, their desires, doesn't fit in their priorities, their definitions of success or happiness, they walk or they drift away yeah. to a lesser experience and position in Christ. Yeah. Just enough of religion in God to ease their conscience, and it rocks them to a spiritual sleep. The Bible talks about people that have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Mm. These are the people we're talking about that aren't committed. Yep. It's that old saying, the road to hell is, is paved with good, good intentions. intentions. <laughs> right? It's the, uh, it um, was the, sp- go ahead. What well, I don't, I just don't want to stand in front of him on judgment day and go, well, I, I meant to. I mean, how am I going to explain to the Lord that I, you know, sleeping in was more important. <sighs> it just holds it. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Acts 24 and 25 tells a story about a man named Felix. And uh, he was, uh, without going into the whole context of it, because it's not what we're talking about, but uh, Felix was somebody that his wife had had an experience, had maybe heard the, me- the message of Paul. or mm-hmm. she, was, she was accustomed to this, and she was telling Felix, hey, we've, we've got Paul here, and uh, let him preach to you. Yeah. So Felix called for Paul to come to him, and Acts 24 and 25 says that. And he reasoned of righteousness, Felix did, uh, temperance and judgment to come. Felix trembled. He trembled. He was moved Mm -hmm. by the preaching of Paul and answered, Go thy way for this time, for when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Mm. See, Felix was invited. He was called. Steve, he was called there. He was obviously moved. In other words, he felt that calling out and that chosen feeling, but he decided to use a convenient season excuse. I'll serve God, Pastor, whenever I get all my ducks in a row. Yeah. I'll serve God. I'll start paying tithes and, and all this whenever I got my bills paid. If I can just do this, then I'll be able to do that. And they haven't disseminated that there's a difference between called and chosen. Yeah. And I believe it's the old spirit, and I call it the spirit of put-off. It's the misdirecting, the deceiving, so that the person doesn't make a bad decision. Just being called doesn't make you saved. Well, don't you give the enemy an opening when you do that? Yes. To just keep throwing you 
I'm just going to keep throwing you a distraction then. That's exactly right. So we've established called is important, but just being called doesn't make you saved. It does not. Because you can know truth, but you can never respond to the truth, and that's what you're going to be judged by. Yeah. So you can know it all. You can know. You know, I, I, I think I've said this in a podcast many moons ago. You know, I know Michael Jordan. I know who he is. Sure. I know where he went to high school and college. And not that I'm a Jordan fan, even though he's the greatest basketball player that ever played. Ever. Um, either him or Kareem. But, again, I digress. No Michael, question. we know all of his stats. We know all mm-hmm. the rings that he's won for you sports people out there. That doesn't make that I know him. I can't call him up on the phone and say, Hey, Michael, it's, it's Pastor Gossage. How you doing? I mean, if I could get his number. <laughs> I right? may try. <laughs> <laughs> right. He doesn't know me. Right. I know him. There's the difference. Just knowing truth and you not responding to it doesn't make you saved. That reminds me of that story when the, the Pharisees went to exercise the demon. Yes. And the de- even the demon says, hey, I know Jesus and I know Paul. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you now? Yeah. Could you imagine the look on that Pharisee's face when he's thinking, oh, man, I thought I was doing everything. I mean, I, I feel like I'm called. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See, we think that that's it. We think because we're – I'll just talk to a young minister right now if you're out there listening. That says, well, I was called, but you never did anything to formulate the, the next step process. Yeah. Right? You're at point A. Point Z is – whatever you feel like your calling is in the middle of your ministering, but you don't want to do B through Y. Yeah. And you're not wor- willing to invest yourself in the process of getting there. Yeah. We just think it's just going to happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen with the flip of a switch just because you're called. Just because you're called, sir, ma'am, doesn't mean that God is going to automatically do it. you got to have a part of the process. Doesn't make you safe. So chosen is the next phase of it. Yeah. It's your investment, the calling out, as it were, the not only the invitation, but the response and the willingness. When everybody else, when everybody else fails, you'll keep going. I, we have a pact. It's like a blood pact yeah. in our home, Steve, with my wife. My mm-hmm. wife is such an apostolic woman. I love her so much. She's amazing. She encourages me. Um and I would say uh, my ministry is nothing without her. And I will say that, you know, since we're raising uh, Livy, if I backslide, I said, I will never stop you from taking and you going. You got to keep going. Mm-hmm. And the pact is if you fall, we're going to keep going. Yeah. And I've got that same thing back to her because we've made that decision. And you have to make sure that it's not if your husband or your, your, your wife or your son or daughter or if your parent or whatever, your best friend, they backslide, you got to keep going. That's the difference between called and chosen. you got to keep going. But, well, and that's hard if your spouse isn't in church, you know. Sure it is. But I can tell you one of the things that got us to where we are today was uh, continual and unceasing prayer Yes. by— my late father-in-law and his wife. Yes, yes. We, we didn't know 
that they were even doing that for us. Yeah, but they, they had that prayer that, that you have when yeah. you say, send an apostolic preacher. Yeah. Send someone to talk to them. And, you know, I met you at a game store on a Wednesday night <laughs> right. on random chance. Right, and right. now now look at where we are. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Years you know? later. Yeah. yeah, years later. So, you know, never never underestimate that. Yeah, God knows what he's doing. God knows. So we have called, we have chosen, and let's go on with verse 14. You've got to be faithful. Faithful is the third. Faithful, that word in the Greek is called pistos or pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. It means trustworthy, the act of being subjectively trusted and believing, acting faithful, living sure and true. Can I just say this? Excuses are empty. Yeah. We aren't fooling God. No. <laughs> People treat the pastor in this. And I can only <laughs> use personal uh, uh, examples. So if this, this crosses anybody, I'm sorry, but you get over it. Yeah, you are. Excuses angry, are empty. People send treat an angry the, email if it bothers you. Right, right. <laughs> you know, there goes another sponsor. Yeah, there's another one. <laughs> but we aren't fooling God. We can fool the pastor. We can fool everybody else, but we're not fooling God. We're either faithful. Or we're not. Yep. There's no middle ground. It's black or white, heaven or hell, Jesus or Barabbas. That's it. In this, there's no hot, right? It's, Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. You're lukewarm. Yep. I got no use for you. That's right. I spew you out of my mouth. That's yep. very, that's very uh, pointed. It's very clear. My wife has told me about the Holy Ghost. Uh, she says that the Holy Ghost, while she's praying for others, has been speaking when you aren't committed, you'll find an excuse. So that has become a saying over the years yep. in our house. When you aren't committed, you'll find an excuse, and you will. Oh, man, aren't we masters yes. of justification for bad behavior? Right. <laughs> uh, and now use uh, the struggle. The struggle's real. It is real. I don't exercise because, well, I got other things to do, and my leg is hurting, by the way, and all this. And, and if once my leg stops hurting, though... <laughs> I'm all in. We're yes, going to train for that 5K. Right. And that, <laughs> <laughs> but, but isn't that true? I mean, it's the, you see the application. Use oh, yeah. whatever, insert anything there. You understand. When you aren't committed, you'll find an excuse. You'll and, find that. And boy, they sound good to us at the time. Sure. And they sound so right. We're so sure. We're so sure of ourselves. Right. Right. <laughs> That's dangerous. Yeah, people get mad at me when I say, okay, when you aren't committed, you'll find an excuse. And you can... Go ahead and put your personal slant on what faithful is to you. But the definition stands true, and it points an accusatory finger at, at us that half-heartedly pray, that barely read the word, that hardly fast, that scarcely attend his house, that feebly worship, that conveniently tithe, that unconvincingly witness, if at all. Yeah. We can't get mad at me, or we can't get mad at each other. The Word of God says it. God convicts us of our dishonesty, or He should. Yep. He should convict us. Let there be a baptism of repentance over every apostolic listener, every church, especially in this Amen. day. Yes. We need to return to honest yes. faithfulness and not to the deception and the pale shadow of faithfulness. That's right. We don't need, the world doesn't need half-hearted Christians. What's that old saying I heard an old preacher say? I've, heard, I've seen a lot of sorry Christians, but I've never seen a Christian that was sorry. 
Now, for those of you that attend our church, you'll have to forgive the pastor for not using his old preacher oh, voice. voice. There it is. Hey, I got to onboard new sponsors, man. <laughs> right. <that's laughs> I, I need you to reach across here. <laughs> <laughs> that's not right. I was in a good point. You just totally derailed me there. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, the Bible shows it over and over. In fact, the first thing that the first characteristic of a minister is not that you're able to preach good or you're smooth behind a pulpit or a Mm -hmm. mic or whatever, podcast mic, whatever. You're called to be faithful. Faithful is important. I'm sure those in the Valley of Elah thought that they were being faithful to their king by standing in the very vicinity of the enemy until David showed up and explained to them that you ain't doing it, fellas. Hey, is there not a cause, right? How about Judas? He thought he was being conservative in his service. He was close, but he wasn't close enough, evidently. He was close to the proximity of Jesus, but he wasn't faithful. He wasn't faithful in his, in his connection. How about Martha? She thought because of her much moving in that uh, set of scriptures when she's serving and Lazarus sat, but Mary worshiped. She assumed, Martha, assumed her much moving was more than important than what Mary was doing in praise and worship. So we need to realize that our lack of faithfulness doesn't just affect us, but it affects others as well. I know I'm up against the time. Well, and, but when we're talking about affecting others, too, we have to also remember that we are all called to create disciples. And would you agree that as I take these steps that I'm helping, like once, once people see that I'm called, it, it, it helps them to want to be, you know, like, why are you smiling all the time? Why are you always in a good mood, you right. know? And then when I'm chosen, I can help those who are, you know, you're, you're always, you're reaching backward while you're, you're reaching backward for those who are behind while you're reaching forward for the Lord to, to help you along, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yes. So it's, it's all, I, that's what I love about the Bible and these concepts. They, when, when you start to unpack them, you see how they all work together yes. and how they can all be for the good of everybody. Because we're all talking about very specific things for you yes. that will help you in your own ministries. And Because, I mean, I, I want to be saved, and, and, but I want to save my family. Right. I want to save my children. Yes. I want my grandchildren to be saved. Yes. Oh, yes. I just love it. It gives me chills. Yeah, very good. Well, let me just finish this off. Yeah. And uh, that's good stuff, by the way. Um, we need to realize that our lack of faithfulness doesn't affect us, as I was saying. Mm-hmm. It affects everybody else. And yes. I have a story I'd like to share that I believe that says it all. The story says several centuries ago in a mountain village in Europe, a wealthy nobleman wondered what legacy he should leave to his townspeople. He made a good decision. He decided to build them a church. No one was permitted to see the plans or the inside of the church until it was all finished. At its grand opening, the people gathered and marveled at the beauty of the new church. Everything had been thought of and included. It was a simple architectural masterpiece. Nice. But then someone said, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Where are the lamps? It's really quite dark in here. How will the church be lighted? The nobleman pointed to some brackets in the walls, and then he gave each family a lamp which they were to bring with them each time they came to worship. He said, each time you're here, the nobleman said, the place where you're seated will be lighted. Each time you're not here, the place will be dark. 
This is to remind you that whenever you fail to come to church, some part of God's house will be dark. Mm. So in my conclusion statement, I've given you the defining statements and how to get on the right side of the rapture. Be called, be chosen, be faithful. What what are you going to do? Are you going to respond the right way? Will you relegate this to a convenient season in your life? Or will you, wherever you stand on your salvation journey, will you decide within today is the day of salvation? Today is the day to make the decision. And not just make the decision, do the decision. Don't just talk about, don't, what the kids say, don't talk about it, be about it. And uh, I just want you to know that Jesus is coming back very soon. And what we need to know, Steve, is that to get on the right side, which is what I want everybody to do, not only myself, let's all do this together. How about we do that? Is that we become the called, accept the invitation, be the chosen, willing to go the extra mile and be that, and then be faithful in we doing it. Amen. I'll just say amen to that. I'm done. Well, you know, God will empower you each step of the way because he's with you. Yes, he's faithful. Yes. Because he wants all this for you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so that is amazing. Thank you for that. Uh, and that concludes our lesson for today. And I pray this was a blessing for you and that you will join us as we continue to study God's Word. You can find this in all of our episodes at pohpodcast.com, along with links to your favorite streaming platforms. And don't forget to subscribe and enable notifications so you won't miss a single episode. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, please email them to pohcontent at gmail.com as we are actively on the hunt for new sponsors. I'm so sorry, MSGs (laughs) as well, too. No more Chinese food for you. But thank you, Pastor, for leading us today, and thank you all for listening. Thank you.